It's Cofield and Company, live at the Thomas and Matt. All right, here we go. On a Wednesday, the Thomas and Mac is the site. I say the same thing almost every year the last five years, like deja vu. Uh, you know, basketball season is back on the college front. When we're out here at the Thomas and Mac before running Rebel games, a lot of change, wholesale change with the Rebels. Adam Hill is here. He's a college basketball junkie. He's covering everything else, including the Raiders around town. So we got a lot of Raiders to get to, and we lead up to a 7 o'clock start. The season opener, UNLV taking on Gardner Webb out of North Carolina. Where? Oh, I know this. Actually. I would have never known this unless I looked it up. Uh, you know, when you say, when you tell me it's probably going to kill me. I mean, it's a pretty unique name. Ah, I, got, I got nothing. It's right on the South Carolina. Well, you're a you're, North Carolina border. You're a former North Carolina resident. I lived in North Carolina for a long time. Yes, I know sure. the cities very well. Actually, yeah. I, I had to look it up. I was like, where is this city? Gardner Webb in Boiling Point, oh, North Carolina. I uh, was about three fourths of the way through the Blue Ribbon, reading about every team in the country. Yeah, and then I decided to stop. But I did. I did see that. I remember that. Uh, I like uh, Appalachian. I think is in Boone. North Carolina, which is always funny. It is in Boone, yep. yeah. UNC Asheville, where's that? Asheville. Okay, you got it. See, you're good. You're good. I'm good um, at this game. I'll be on the sidelines again uh, this year covering UNLV basketball with John Sandler and Curtis Terry. We'll get to what's trending here in a couple minutes, Ari. Um, I want to crowdsource some material right now. Okay. Um, I want to do something on the nickname of Gardner-Webb, but I want your take on it. Running Bulldogs? Yeah, I know. So I, I actually did some research on Bulldogs. <laughs> There's so they're, many. They're kind of chubby, and they have short legs. So I, I share some qualities well, first of with all, the running Bulldogs, but I don't, you... I don't really see Bulldogs. I think they're short-distance runners. They're definitely not long-distance runners. No, they have bad breathing. They, but... have, they have bad breathing. They have short lifespan. So to me, but I guess in a way – Having them run a little bit is good for their health, but I also feel like it could shorten their lives. Well, do you picture like that that dog on the treadmill? Oh, that's right. The, the, the fat the, treadmill the dog? The fat dog from probably 2004 that we did over on uh, the old Wise Guys. <laughs> Steve and the Sports Big Show. That's right. That dog that was completely gassed because it had a diet. It was abandoned after having a diet of beer and donuts. And it was what a slob this dog was. And and just horrendous breathing issues. Well, they, Trying they to get in shape. They put the, the poor thing on a treadmill. I just like that your research into bulldogs revealed that they have short legs and they're chubby. Like That's just an obvious thing. That wasn't my research, no. Oh, okay. No, that wasn't okay. my research. I'll have more of my research. Do you have anything no. on this at all so I can use during the game? Uh, No, not really. But I do, like, it's a lot of teams, not a lot. A couple teams have gone with running now. Oh, is that right? They added it like on? The running Utes. That's right. Yeah. There's other ones out there. Will Craig Smith pull that back? He's like, yeah, we're going to drain the clock. For, for, well, for a while. It was we're not going to run a whole lot. It was very ironic for a while because Gardner-Webb was running the Princeton offense, and they were the running, running Bulldogs. And they're like, what? <laughs> running around. That doesn't make any sense. They run around through picks and back doors. The track team, maybe, running. Yeah. Not right. the basketball We'll, we'll get into team. that. That could be uh, a point of controversy for a while <laughs> during the game. Sure. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. All right, so the season is here. 
I was looking back. This is actually our 15th year of doing this show in this slot before UNLV running Rebel Games. So that's kind of freaking cool. We'll get into a lot of the new faces, but there are a lot of new faces as they open the season. What are you looking for early? I mean, I just want to see how guys fill roles and what roles they have. There's just so many new faces on this roster um, that you you just don't know. I, I was, you know, talking to some some people the last couple of days, just that you know around the country that like to call and check in, like, oh, what do you think about this team? And I think I said nobody knows anything. I mean, I like the talent, I like the size. They look like a very representative basketball team. You look at them and say, okay, these guys look like they can play. And I think their resumes, for the most part, tell you that they're pretty good players. But can anyone know how they're going to mesh together once the season starts? I think, you know, the, the coaches will will probably tell you, hey, they 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 seem to come together well in practice. They they gelled well. They they, um, you know, it's guys that we expected to fit well together and put the pieces put together well. But you just don't know until they get out on the floor. And I think that that's both exciting and scary for a lot of people. Um, I, I don't think the expectations are soaring out of control at this point which is a good thing i think it's a team uh talking to some really sharp college basketball people that uh the, a lot of people in that world think they're going to overachieve this year and be better than expectations and i kind of tend to agree with that but i think it's kind of good to go into a season and just say no you don't know you just don't know and then if, if they are good like i think they can be yeah i would say 500 is a minimum above 500 needs to be accomplished and I don't really want to hear that it's a whole new team as an excuse because some of that was by choice, right? Yeah, of course. I, I like Kevin Kruger. I think he's going to be a good coach. And we'll get into this more in depth because, you know, we were charting where and how all the other players that aren't here, that were here last year, how they're doing. There was a choice by some of the players to leave. I think some of the players wanted to come back, and I think some of them were told, no, thank you. And this is the team they – this is the kind of team they wanted to put – on the floor. So this wasn't, you know, like they were victims and they lost everyone and then they had to go out. This, there, was a, there was a plan here. So we'll, uh, we'll build to what the Rebels roster looks like and what expectations are. Man, I don't believe a lot of the reports out there on Odo Beckham, but I guess I'm just not objective on this guy. You haven't been around the whole week, but I've just been laughing at this like, oh, he's on waivers. There's going to be 10 teams that'll pick him up. No. Um, look at all these teams that want him. Uh, we'll see how many teams really want him. I just, I love how Recent history is immediately erased. And it's like, yeah, uh, OBJ, same OBJ first three years with the Giants. Nothing's happened since. That might dissuade people from bringing him in. So reports are he has his sights set on. Like, like he's got the choice. I guess he does to a certain extent. It sounds like there may be four or five teams going after him. I don't know if I believe all of them, but Kansas City, Green Bay, New Orleans. Uh, heard Jay Glazer earlier in the day on our sister station say uh, don't count out the Patriots and the Seahawks so he's got a collection of teams and some teams good some teams bad that are looking at him some teams with bad quarterbacks some teams with mediocre kind of mid-level quarterbacks and some with really good quarterbacks so if it's really uh is it a, is it an even choice will he take less money I'm sorry yeah less money to go with a good quarterback or is this all about money and he lands with freaking Trevor Simeon and uh, Taysen, uh, if I can say either one of them, Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill? I, I think it's very intriguing to find out. And I also, a lot of times I don't understand the money aspect of things. I know Cleveland restructured his deal to basically put in a poison pill to make sure nobody's going to pick him up, which was very weird. Um, 
the whole the whole that whole aspect of like if you take less money you still get some of the guaranteed money there's a lot of of you know logistical parts of that to unpack of ter- in terms of who's going to sign him and for how much but i think it's it's pretty clear he seems to want to go to a contender at least somebody that could make in the playoffs i mean reports are the packers offer the minimum done go well it sounds like belichick's like obsessed with getting him at this point you're gonna go play with mac jones catch six yard outs hey go ahead yak go ahead and run i mean to or me, you want to go play with aaron Rodgers for the minimum to me the team that makes the most sense is the chiefs that's where i would go uh, yes. the biggest problem the chiefs have had is he gonna get enough targets or is he gonna whine week you know second week he's there well and i think he, he might because the thing that we've talked about is the biggest problem that the chiefs have had so far this year Offensive line has been not great at all. But it's basically the teams are double-teaming both Kels and Hill, and they don't have anybody else to get open. And so getting a tertiary option in the receiving game would be massive for the Chiefs. And, and I think Odell Beckham should probably understand that and see that, and we'll see how it goes. Now, the problem really with the Browns, and there's enough evidence there to say, say now that the Browns are better without him. But that – and the crazy part of this – so I think people would immediately say, are you saying he sucks? No. What I'm saying is he's almost too good that the Browns would play this game with Baker Mayfield, and I'm sure it has to do with Odell Beckham also probably complaining about it, but they would play this game of like, let's force Odell Beckham the ball even though he's double covered, and and it would get them in trouble. And you see when he's not there that they just kind of spread the ball around more and play smoother. Yeah, I, I actually – we'll build on this a little later, but I actually think he's not – great and barely good anymore and i'd be willing to bet the rest of the season i don't think he eclipses four catches a game yeah i think it depends where it goes where he goes to well i mean that's that's, part of it that's not you know for all the hype we've been hearing for five days four catches a game well like i just said like with cleveland i guess now he's getting double covered almost a 70 catch guy but but if you go somewhere like if you're going to new orleans you're getting double covered and and can they can they get you the ball i don't know and should they I mean, you go to New Orleans and you draw double coverage, and everybody else gets gets targets, and they get single coverage. Maybe that's good for you. Um, it's it, it's a very complex situation for sure to see this guy with enormous talent who hasn't necessarily put up the production the last couple of years and been hurt a lot and hasn't really produced when he's been on the field. But you still watch the tape and you're like, wow, he's still good. But is he a detriment to the team because of everything else that he brings? Who knows? Also trending at three, uh, Henry Ruggs preliminary hearing, or he didn't appear. Status check. Yeah, status check. The prelim hearing set for, I think, the second week in December. We'll get to what uh, his attorney, David Chesnoff, said. That'll be in the uh, second hour of the show. Deshaun Jackson is supposed to fill that void that Ruggs left. He's speaking right now, so we'll get an update on what Deshaun Jackson has been saying in just a couple minutes. And uh, the other big thing trending today, aside from UNLV basketball, was the nice win last night for VGK. Uh, kind of ridiculous to say a statement victory, but they needed it. They needed to right the ship after the end of the road trip, and they take out a team that came in 4-7-1 and one in the uh, Seattle Kraken. And Robin Leonard is he's in a pretty good groove here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had, you know, he had the one unbelievable start where he just carried them. Uh, but he's been, he's been pretty solid uh, throughout the season. I mean, his numbers, overall numbers are great. He's had a couple of performances where they're a little shaky, but uh, some of that is some really leaky defense as well. Uh, but I think he's he's been playing well. Uh, the team has started to build up a little bit around him and started to play a little bit better and smoother, uh, you know, eliminating some of the chances that they were just 
leaking oil with on the first couple of games. So I think it, it's they're in a much better place now. And this is this is the way that we talked about, you know, after the first couple of games, this is what they want to do. Like they're playing a little bit over 500 at this point in terms of these last, you know, this last two weeks. But really you you want to you don't want to be a disaster when these guys start to come back. You want to be in the mix. I would say 500 is about the target, maybe a little bit above, but you're just trying to survive and tread water until you start getting these guys healthy again. And they're doing a little bit better than that right now. So uh, I think that they've got to be happy with how they're playing, especially how they're organized well and and not, uh, not, you know, completely giving up rushes every, every three minutes uh, like they were a little bit early in the season. They've got to be happy with this right now. On the way back, let's uh, unpack what uh, came down from the NFL yesterday and today in terms of, uh, Fines and just irresponsible, reckless behavior from players. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Clearly, the NFL knew, the team knew that he was unvaccinated, and yet there seems like there's no punishment, there's no recourse, there's no accountability for Aaron Rodgers in this situation, and that bothers me because it sends the message that there is a different set of rules for Aaron Rodgers versus the rest of the players in the league that choose to be unvaccinated. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live at the Thomas and Matt. How many message has been sent? The uneven treatment of players and organizations, and to me, this is also a Raiders story. That was Chris Canty, Chris Canty show with Michael Jr., that uh, leads in a Cofield and Company each day, Monday to Friday. Adam Hill is here. I know he hasn't gotten his uh, his take about the Rodgers vax, immunized, no mask debacle. I mean, Canty nailed it there. Yesterday, Aaron Rodgers himself. We could talk about the Packers another time. Packers got dinged for a lot of money, not $1.2 million like the uh, Raiders. Um, Raiders also didn't have consistent breaches of the protocols in the NFL for 10 weeks, as the Packers did with one of their players, and who who knows how many other players. I don't think they took enough time to even look into it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, for going 10 weeks without wearing a mask in different situations against the rules, going out to a – I saw some picture of him out of some axe-throwing joint, no mask on, Halloween party, no mask on, he got a fine of $14,600. The Raiders last year at a charity event, and we blasted them for doing it. But when you compare it, last year the Raiders, Derek Carr, Derek Carrier, Jason Witten, Zay Jones, Nevin Lawson, Foster Moreau, Nathan Peterman, Hunter Renfro, Eric Magnuson, all paid $15,000 each for a blip. Now, did the Raiders have consistent behavior issues when it, you know, with the masking and the, the bracelet and Trent Brown and, and you're know, going out shopping for shoes. He and Ab- Yeah, they had a bunch of different incidents. But this was 10 weeks consistently of Rodgers doing whatever he wanted. And then the great part is Rodgers is like, yeah, I think it's stupid anyway. So he basically said, I did it on purpose. I don't yeah. care. Uh, your rules are dumb. And he got fined for $15,000. And I know people are tired of hearing about it, but uh, to me, this is Part of the Raider narrative, I don't get how the NFL hands down things that they don't even look at the precedent they sent. They, they, don't, they don't care. Well, you just mentioned people are sick of hearing about it. Like, this is not a COVID issue. So if you're out there like, COVID is done. This is not about COVID. It's about the rules. There's a rule in place. The rules are stupid. Well, oh, you, know well. you know what? I think they're stupid, too. But guess what? I follow them. Yeah. Because I'm supposed to. So I do what I'm supposed to do. Sheep. No, you're just a J.O. 
who doesn't give a rat's ass about anyone else. Right. You can you can think any rule you want is stupid. Like I I, I, I talked I, <laughs> I talked about a traffic rule yep. a couple years ago that I think is incredibly stupid incredibly stupid eight lane road the person crossing has to get all the way across even if it's on the opposite side for you to finally make a turn or go through so if you turn at a light and there's somebody that's 500 feet away from you but they're not quite out of the intersection yet you're not supposed to turn right that's incredibly stupid just do it but it's the rule no you don't like the rule just do it but guess what you pay a price it's you're you're an average schnook it's not for safety. Just like it's Mark not- Davis apparently is an average snook, and Raiders players are average snooks as well. But right. not Aaron Rodgers. Right, but you you have to do it. And again, I uh, I got a ticket for that. I think it's a dumb rule. You didn't pay it, right? Well, I did now. But but you- why? <laughs> Just do what right. you want. Let's be lawless. Yeah. Who? It's a dumb rule. You don't have to pay. No, no that's that's a rule. It's a rule. That's what happens. Except the NFL with Aaron Rodgers. Right. And, and his types. And I do think that there is more at play here. The NFL is embarrassed and should be embarrassed that this happened. And I think they want to make it go away. That's not the right way to do it. They should have made a, a, a bigger fine. Probably would have made I don't know. People would have made a big deal about that, too. So I, I don't know what what situation the NFL is in in, try, in terms of trying to make this go away. But that's what they're trying. They're trying to just say, please stop talking about this because they are guilty in this. Because Aaron Rodgers yep. put in a... He put in an, an exemption request to say, I didn't get vaccinated, but I worked with my doctor on an alternate way of inoculation. And I'm Catholic. Yeah. And so. Sorry, that's a Nick Rolovich. Yeah, that's Nick Rolovich. Uh, and the NFL and in, in the NFLPA and everyone else worked on this, talked about it, discussed it. And I think it went into the season for several weeks. They're not talking about the timeline, but I believe that happened. And they finally ruled against him. They're all watching him without a mask on, knowing he's not vaccinated. They're like, eh, it's Aaron Rodgers. Well, it's for a while. No, no one will know. For a while, I believe that the case was still pending. Oh, okay. And so I don't think it was from the beginning. But at some point, the NFL ruled that he's... Well, as the case was pending, how about he wears the mask? Sure. He should have, of course. Um, and the team should have done it. But I'm sure the team, the team probably tried, and he said no. And, it's, and by the way, what else is going on with Aaron Rodgers and the team? You think they're going yep. to? So they got to kiss his ass. You think they're going to stand there and be like, "You put on that mask," when he thinks it's dumb and he doesn't want to do it, yep. and then he says, "I'm going to leave because of that." There's only a few real, I won't say men because we're not supposed to be doing that anymore. Like there's real men out there. There's real women as well. Uh, in sports radio, there's only a few of us, and uh, we're not as successful as this guy, but I like what he does because he gives no f's. Uh, Pat McAfee has a coveted spot. With Aaron Rodgers, like one of a kind, one of the one of the best spots. Rodgers agrees to do it. AJ Hawks on the show. I guess he respects McAfee. This is unplugged Aaron Rodgers. It's freaking awesome every week, and he's gone on you know twice in a week to you know to explain himself with the COVID stuff. Yesterday, I I really appreciate this because McAfee's like, yeah, we had him on the show. Maybe I'm friends with him, but he went freaking right at him and basically mocked on him. And I understand that that not everybody's going to understand uh, that necessarily decision that was in the best interest based on consulting with my doctors and I understand that that not everybody's going to understand uh, that necessarily but I respect everybody's opinion uh, go ahead you got a question yeah the doctors that you consulted with Dr. Joe Rogan and which other doctors <laughs> how awesome is that how awesome is that it's great no he did say the other day I, I, and then I Rogers was like uh, uh, he did uh, have an awe uh, 
you, you know that I'm obsessed with Pat McAfee and his show. It's great. I watch it all the time. But he did he did say the other day, he was like, what do you think I'm going to really grill him? Because people were criticizing McAfee for the Friday interview where Rodgers came on and he basically just kind of let him slide with his nonsense. And McAfee has not been, he's not been anti-vax at all. He's been very, he's been very much like, what are these idiots doing not getting vaccinated? So he's in a weird position of... I've been calling the people idiots that haven't been vaccinated, and now I've got Aaron Rodgers, who's the friend of the show, on. There's a, there's a lot of radio people who would never do that, but he he just but right, he, he, he did goes, say he goes right into it about Doctor. But he did say he's like I'm not going to grill the guy. Like he's he's nice enough to give us a half hour every week of like uh, the he, best time. He busted his horns there. He he will bust chops with him, yeah. but he's not going to like tell us right like like I'm sure. And I I did listen. He's not he's not going to he's going to mock him. Right. But he's not going to be like right now. Tell us anybody like okay. He's going to at least at least let him have a little bit of leeway. But he is going to mock on him because that's what McAfee does. Look, I I have a lot, I have a lot of admiration for for Joe. I I definitely talked with about uh, a dozen friends of mine who dealt with COVID, and they all were very helpful in different ways. Joe being one of them, uh, but. <laughs> Doesn't no, no doctors. Doesn't doctor friends? No, no friends who got COVID. So which which of the doctors? That's there's, that was the question. The question no, was what doctors? No, there were no doctors besides Doctor Joe Rogan. Yeah. Have you talked to any? Can you give me one? It's hilarious. He was kind of he was kind of pressing him for like one name of a doctor, and he couldn't he couldn't give him one. You know, we definitely got to end that with a win. Um, I'm excited to, you know, be back in the MAC. you know, have some fans there. And, you know, we're excited to play. You know, we're, you know, a lot of people have been down on us. And so we're ready to show people, uh, prove people wrong. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Thomas and Matt. There he is, Bryce Hamilton. Kevin Kruger called him his uh, biggest recruit of all the guys that were uh, brought in and brought back. You got back a guy who averaged uh, 18 points a game last year in uh, – well, it was in the middle of the season, kind of an injury-marred season. Remember the year before, he averaged near 22 points a game in Mountain West Conference play. Uh, and if you see Bryce Hamilton now, as a guy moves into his early 20s, remember when he got here, he was a young guy. He was a little younger than your average. wasn't a holdback. You know, you get, you get freshman now or 20 years old. Um, he was not a holdback. He was young when he first got here, like the best big man of the century for UNLV, Chris Wood. Right. And you see how Chris Wood, like, it seems like Chris Wood should be like 29 years old. He's not. And, you know, now he's maturing into a great NBA player. And uh, Bryce Hamilton has a chance to have a, a big year. And if you see him now, if you come out tonight or you're watching on uh, online, you can hear the game right here on ESPN Las Vegas. He he does physically look bigger. You know, like he is. He's, he's cut down a little bit in terms of he didn't have much fat on him, but he's he's leaned out. He's got more muscular. He's a big dude now. And uh, he has a chance to have a very very big year so you got your roger stuff out I, frankly i'm just it's it, it's kind of a rog is basically like a lot of people we've talked about and dealt with and i've just got fatigue over it at this point and you know i i understand people get frustrated with the rules but i i will tell you um there are people in everyone's lives where you know if in your workplace where when they don't follow the rules it affects you sure Right. And yeah. I know people are like, what do you care if that person doing this or that? Because it affects me. That's why. That's why. Ari, does it affect you? Yes. Good. Right. 
Did it affect the Packers? Aaron Rodgers had a missed work last Sunday. What do you care? Because they lost a game. They looked like ass. Now they may not be the number one seed in the NFC. It affects other people because you're violating the rules, because you can't do what's right. And at a lot of workplaces, it's affecting us, right? When you can't show up for work and you got to follow the, you know, in the NFL, a five or a 10 day rule and the 10 day thing can potentially kill you or you got to be out of work all the time. That's why. I've only done a couple of these rants. Okay. I just, it's just, it's annoying because I hear it all the time. Like, how does it affect you? It does. Of course Trust it does. me, it affects lots of people at their workplaces, including from the NFL on down, right? And you get sick of it because it means you have to do extra stuff. It means that the littlest things you may rely on, that screws you over. Yeah. And, it ha- and it happened last year during the season with the Raiders, right? The Raiders season essentially hinged on some conservative play calling, right? And then more than a few weeks when they just, they had no idea who the hell was playing, who's out, they can't prep. So that's how, when people don't do what they're supposed to do and follow the rules, it affects you in the workplace, whether it's your sports team or whatever. I'm not saying that ever happens at the radio station. No, of course it's true. But, but again, you know, to go back to it, it's, if, if anybody out there is like, who cares? It's COVID stupid. I don't care. It's not a COVID issue. It's a rule issue. There is rules in place. You buy the team, you buy the company, you buy the league if you want. I don't know who can buy the league, but whatever you can do, you, then if you don't like the rules, then go. Then you buy it and you change the freaking rules. But until then, it affects the rest of us. So uh, college basketball opens tonight. For, you, for Rebels. Uh, yeah, for the Rebels. Because last night was incredible. I think if I counted correctly, 23 of the top 25 played last night. When I looked at the scoreboard, I was like, oh, this is like – Cornucopia, you know, I didn't obviously I didn't get to watch a lot of the stuff, but reading all the box scores, it was like everyone played last night. Uh, tons of teams in the small conferences played last night. Um, did you get any? Did you get any snap judgments off of night one? Uh, no, okay, I never do. Uh, but I, I mean, I mean, well, first of all, you have to understand knowing how much I love college basketball, how depressing it was for me yesterday. To walk, ah. to walk by Madison Square Garden when everybody's entering for that double header and just have to get on a train to go to the airport. That's rough. So sad. That's a good, you know what I will say? Um, I think the garden is a little bit overrated. Uh, but was there twice this week for college basketball? We're going to talk about it in our uh, five o'clock hour. But uh, for college basketball, it's, it's very cool. I don't know why it would be different for, for the Knicks, but I just, I always got a thrill watching college basketball there. I just think it's a, you know, a cool historic but place. It's, it's cool. I mean, this is it's it's silly because usually this is something I would make fun of, but to have four different fan bases, it's kind of like a tournament. It's for the most his, you know historic fan bases in all of college basketball that were there last night. Have four different fan bases in New York City, walking through the city and into the Garden, which is in the middle of Midtown Manhattan. That's cool. By the way, how about fans? Yay! That's another thing tonight. You can actually get into the Thomas and Mac because this place was bizarro. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. Right. For sure. You were in here. You, you're sitting up on press row. I'm sitting down on the floor. I'm doing silent reports. And I'm like, hey, John. <laughs> like, literally, you could yell to him. He's, he's at midcourt. I'm at the end court. I'm like, I have the end court view. You have the midcourt view. We got this covered. Don't, hey, down here, this is what's going on, John. 
don't worry, me and Gramala didn't sit up in the in the stands in our press box pod and just make fun of where you were standing and sure. where you were going. Never. That never happened. No. <laughs> Ever. Well, I looked up. You guys never wore a mask, breaking the rules. You didn't care. We always wore masks. We, you didn't care. Uh, we should tell everyone, you do have to be fully vaxxed to get in. And if you go up to uh, UNLVRebels.com, UNLVRebels.com, um, you can get the directions for what they're using. They're not using the Clear app. They're using something else. So you can upload your card. You can take your picture. I felt kind of good about getting a second lease on life with a picture because my Clear app picture did not work out. <laughs> the The new one, it was a little better. I was, uh, so but I. Not great. I had my, you know, I had, I have my uh, Vax card laminated. Uh, I had it everywhere in in New York. It was like an ID. You had to show it everywhere to get in. Starbucks, yeah. like any 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 place you went in, you had yeah. to show it, which was phenomenal. I loved it. Do you think it's cutting down on business though? Maybe maybe you don't see it in New York. I uh, saw it. I saw it, it in, New in, in New Orleans. I saw it. <laughs> I mean, it was. But, but New, York, the New York, the thing is, New York has so many people there, and so many people have to be there. They yeah. don't have a choice in a vacation city like New Orleans. You can make a choice not to go there. Sure. And I think a lot of people were like, not going there. And you know what? Good. The running rebels may feel that pain too. They're going with, you know, over the top safety, over the top. I don't know about that, but they're going with safety, what they view as safety first. Sure. Right. It's different than the Golden Knights. It's different than the UNLV football. It's different than the Raiders. Similar to Raiders. Yeah. I don't know if you can get a jab at the game here. Oh, true. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's about it. But, uh, but it may cut down on crowds. And I, you know, I saw some people who were like, not going. Oh, all right. It's your I, choice. I don't want you here, so that's, whoa, whoa, that's whoa, fine. whoa, whoa! You that person, everyone is welcome. That if you if if you're vaccinated, everyone's welcome. I think that's the rule. So, how about a, what I was saying earlier about the expectations? Because uh, I, I get driven a little nuts by the there are people around, uh, and it's not in the program, but there are people around the program who every year it's a rebuilding year for UNLV, and you know what? You can't really use the transfer portal and you can't really use a new roster as an excuse anymore because there are schools that willingly put their teams together that way and they've set the standard. Like Chris Beard going to Texas, like, okay, we got a couple holdovers and then I'll bring in all new guys. I'm a great coach. I can get it done. Musselman, same thing. So I don't know if you can lean on that crutch anymore. Like it's a whole new team. Yeah, there's whole new teams all over the country. Kids left in mass. They, they, they moved up, they moved down. So I just and frankly, the way I view it, I think there are some guys on the the Runner Rebels last year who may have stuck around, who went elsewhere. I think the coaching staff probably made some decisions and they're like, hey, you know what? This is the way we want to build our team. This is the way it's going to work. So you know, if you want to go, you go. You know, like I I don't know. I don't exactly know what happened with Mbake Jong, but you know, it would have been cool to have him back. I'm not sure that they wanted him back. He's at Central Florida. He's going to make his debut tonight. I just wanted to point out how some of the guys did. Uh, elsewhere, because I was kind of tracking it yesterday. Did you see this list uh, of um, all the Rebel players who, who moved on? I don't know why I couldn't say that clearly. <laughs> uh, was, um, first of all, David Jenkins debuted with Craig Smith at Utah. 15 points, 4 or 9 from 3. Not bad. Yeah, I, I, th- I think the biggest thing with David last year was his defense. And he wasn't consistent on offense, but he also he got forced into playing too much point guard at times. Yeah, I think that was the biggest issue. So he's not going to have to do that because uh, if folks don't know, Craig Smith uh, took a couple of his guys from Utah State with him in Raleigh Wooster. Your boy, Raleigh Wooster. Uh, he, was, he wasn't great shooting the ball last night. I think he was like 4 or 13, but he had 12. And uh, Marco Anthony had 10. Uh, by the way, Utah State, without Craig Smith and those two guys, lost as a 13-point favorite to UC Davis. Yeah. 
I like. I mean, Davis is Davis is actually going to be decent, but yeah. that's not a game you want to lose. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jenkins got the job done. Nice game there. Uh, frankly, I don't know if a lot of people know where all the players are. That's, I think that's very fair. I, I think. I mean, that goes with a lot of college basketball. Yeah. Uh, but certainly, people that are you know paying attention that are in Vegas um, are probably interested in where Vegas guys are. But there was, I think, what seventeen hundred kids yeah. uh, change schools in in this in the offseason. Caleb Grill at Iowa State with Otzelberger. He debuted off the bench for them with eleven, a couple of threes. Moses Wood. Now he's in Portland. He had a couple of threes. He had twelve points. Uh, Jalen Martinez is playing a little bit for Riverside. They played San Diego State. He had four points, three rebounds. Donovan Yap. That's one that's going to be worth watching. Fresno State quickly came in and swooped him up. Las Vegas, right? Didn't get a lot of playing time with Otts. He had seven points off the bench for uh, Fresno. Devin Tillis, I don't know what his deal is right now. I mean, he might be injured, but he didn't play for Irvine. Um, and then if you go a couple years back, well, last year, Belcadia, he's at Nichols. He didn't play. Trey Woodbury from two years back, he's at Utah Valley. He was really good last year. He didn't play last night. He's injured. Um, and if you want to go way back, Donnie Tillman is still, he's got to be like 25. He's still at New Mexico State. He had 10 points, five rebounds. Ben Coupette is at Arkansas Little Rock. No, he's not. He actually played against Arkansas Little Rock last night, which was bizarre. He's at Southern Illinois. <laughs> Unless I read the box score wrong, but he had seven points and four rebounds. He was a Menzies guy, so they're all over. It's Yeah, you can if you want to track former Rebels, you can watch a lot of different teams around. JTT and Baylor! That is true. Turvel back, Kent State now. JTT, impactful part of the team last year. Too. And Nick Blake tonight with Pacific. They play. So there are players all over the place. Everywhere. Hashtag UNLV. But it, and listen, MBB. and do not, like, if you're out there, like, oh, the Rebel team, just everybody, like, this is every. Everyone. This is every school. Yeah, I, like believe I said, me, I, believe me, I was pained to see uh, Jacob Young with 14 points at Oregon last night. <laughs> like, like I said. Jacob I, Young, who was at what? Houston, then Rutgers, then Oregon. I read through almost the entire uh, Blue Ribbon, as I said, and, like, every school, you're like. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's it's You're reading it, but you're also looking and saying. Okay, this 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 team has ten new guys. This yep. team has eleven new guys. This team has nine new guys. Like three crazy. holdovers, two freshmen, yeah. and seven new guys. And so many schools, like the seniors, were allowed to stay. But then a lot of schools, they're like, we don't have a scholarship for you. So you and there was like some little moves that you can make, like to get. Uh, Come on, do it, do it, do it, do, do it. it. Really happen. Back off the mic and do it. Come on, do it. What? What did some coaches tell guys? Get out! Get out! Get out! Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Yeah, I think we've been giving up a lot, but we've been getting a lot too. So it's kind of nice to get some the way we want. I mean, some nights you're going to get 50 shots, some nights you're going to get 20. And sometimes uh, things hit the net, sometimes they don't. As long as you're getting the opportunities and putting yourself in the spot. Yeah, I think tonight we did a good job of capitalizing those opportunities. Back to Cofield and Company, live at the Thomas and Matt. Alex Petrangelo. It's good to win. Brian Blessing is here with us, Hockey Insider, Gambling Insider. You can hear him on Sirius XM 204, Sports Grid Radio, K-Shop Locally. He's up with Adam and Cofield. Brian, how you doing, buddy? Hey, fellas. All right, give us your read on the Knights. Uh, they beat the Kraken, and the Kraken aren't great, uh, but the Knights, you know, needed to get out of this you know, little little swoon. I'll call losing to the Red Wings a swoon. So give me your read on last night's performance. Uh, pretty good considering it's the first game home from a four-game Eastern road swing, which can be pretty rugged. Um, you know, the power play, hey, okay, great. They got a couple of goals. I don't know if anything's been fixed, but it's, a, you know, a tad better. Um, but watch that game last night. Leonard standing on his head, and the Dridger guy, I mean, Theodore's goal, 
Steve, I mean, you could have caught that with your softball glove. I don't know. I don't know what he was doing on that one. So, obviously, the Knights make a big deal uh, this week. Uh, they've got to wait a little while for it to pay, you know, pay dividends if it does. Uh, but what do you think? What did you think of the deal in general, the, the haul that they gave up, and what are the Knights getting? Oh, I think it's a good deal for Vegas. I mean, at the end of the day, what the haul ended up being, I mean, you know, you got to pay to get a guy like that. Uh, I think Buffalo could have maybe asked for a conditional pick, you know, down the road. Like next year, Eichel plays 50 games or puts up 80 points or something. Maybe they could get another pick. But then I guess, you know, you go the other way. McCrimmon goes, yeah, well, if the surgery doesn't work, (laughs) you know, he does a conditional thing the other way. But um, Tuck wants to play in Buffalo. I mean, obviously, he'd love having stayed here. Uh, he's got relatives and family and stuff back there. He's genuinely excited to be there. Krebs, good young player, but prospects are prospects. You know, they talked about Cody Glass for how many years and how, you know, how'd that work out? I mean, it, it's, it's an unknown. So basically, all you gave up the roster today, technically, was Peyton Krebs um, and a first-round pick for Vegas. All this fighting over whether it was a top-10 protected pick. There's a problem if Vegas has a top-10 top ten pick. That first-round pick for Buffalo is probably something in in the mid to high 20s. So, no, for Vegas, it's a great deal. He fixes the power play when he comes back, and it's what they need down the middle. And I'm telling you, you know, listen, this guy brings you out of your seats. I mean, he's one of the handful of guys in the league that can go coast-to-coast through the entire team. If he's healthy, if, 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 if this surgery works – you know, they got younger, and you got a superstar in your lap here for the you know long time. So I think McCrimmon did great. While the guys are still out, while they're still you know trying to wait for some of these players to get healthy, and which you know we talk about it, it it's not an immediate fix necessarily, but once you get these guys back, you're going to be a better uh, team. What should the goals be? What should they be looking to do while they're just trying to tread water right now? Just. Get as many points as you can, Adam. I don't care how you do it. I mean, the, the one thing, you, you sit there and you, you you look, I don't think anybody would have seen this coming. We all kind of poke holes and make fun of the Pacific that it's just, you know, the weak sister division in the league. Edmonton's 9-2, and two, Flames 7-2-3, and three. Anaheim on a five-game Tootsie roll. They're 7-4-3. and three. The Sharks, life after Evander came, they're playing like they, they care. And the Kings are on a six-game winning streak. All of a sudden, Think if they didn't win that game uh, against Dallas. Think of the Ottawa game where Ottawa threw the kitchen sink at him, and, you know, almost a mistake, Carrier puts a goal in, and Ottawa just unraveled. Montreal outshot him 21-1 to in the first period, and Vegas won that game. I mean, they got to be doing a cartwheel that they're a game over 500 because they won some games, frankly, they shouldn't have won. And the story of the year, other than the injuries, is, how great Robin Leonard's playing. I mean, he has kept them in games and given them a chance to get points. Are, are you are you hiding right now? Are you like, do you have some protection? If you say that in this town? Oh, stop. They, come on now. That's that's over, isn't it? <laughs> Is it? It's got to be. Please. Come on. I I'm, well, I mean, I'm not, not listen. Yeah. The, the, the minute he retires... Yeah, you want to put a statue out in the Toshiba Plaza, go nuts. 29's the first numbers going up in the rafters. But you you can't sit there with $12 million of goaltending. And come on, look what's going on in Chicago now. It's not his fault. I mean, it's a dumpster fire. But this guy, listen, 
the, the scary thing with any big goaltender like Robin Leonard is keeping the guy healthy. Big goalies sometimes, that's a scary thing. I have no doubts about this guy's confidence level or his ability to lug the mail. And then the other thing you got to take into account, how many games do you play him? You have to play him a little bit more now because of the start you got off to. But the good thing is you've got this Olympic break. I mean, you can ride this guy hard right now because you've got a three-week break coming up in February that you don't normally get. Now, maybe it's a different animal. they got to find out, is Sweden going to come a-calling for him? Is, is he going to play for Sweden in the Olympics? If that's the case, then you better start getting Brassois in there because you don't want to run him into the ground. Brian, blessings with us. Brian, let's break down a little college basketball. Or college football is what I meant to say. <laughs> we were, yeah, we were, I, 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 we were talking before you came on about, about college basketball. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm loving it. That I want to hit with you. So, first of all, let's go back to the well again. Uh, you've had a lot of success with Virginia. Now they're involved in a really big game. They could play spoiler, catching five and a half against Notre Dame. Steve, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, you got to play the over in the game, 64 and a half. I've checked the weather in Charlottesville. It's going to be a nice day. Virginia can score, and then they kind of wear down. But the one that, the one we did, whatever it was, uh, the BYU game, when we said Virginia in the first half, I think they were down. I forget what it was. They were down like 17 or 20, and they came back and covered in the first half, and then the game they scored 1,000 points. I'd play the over in the Virginia-Notre Dame game, and I'll take the three points with Virginia at home in the first half. It, it's It's been an ATM machine. Let's do it. Uh, Michigan reacted well to their first loss and took care of Indiana last week. All right, now it's Penn State, pick them spot. Where do we go? Uh, that's a good one, man. I, that's going to be a nutty atmosphere of Penn State. I think Mich- Michigan, Penn State's kind of, their, their fate's been sealed. The one, I don't have a great opinion on that one, but I, I would probably lean Michigan's way. The one we talked about last week, you know, Mark Lawrence was on today, and we've been doing this together for a lot of years. And this bubble burst thing, SMU lost their first game. Said fade them, and Memphis beat them. It 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 just seems to work more often, way more often than it doesn't. And the other one, I was a big believer. I had a future ticket on Michigan State. Well, that's up in flames. Michigan State loses to Purdue. Now they're going. They're laying thirteen against Maryland. The air might be out of the balloon for Michigan State. Would probably take Maryland and the points in that one. You feel like Texas A and M is coming on? They're a two and a half against Ole Miss. Yes, and you know the thing about that is Texas A and M. You beat Alabama. I don't care who you are. They're kids. I mean, you would think a letdown would have happened after that game, and that's not what happened. They took that 41-38 win, went on the road, beat Missouri, you know, easy win against South Carolina, ugly, grindy game against Auburn. No, they're 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 the hot potato right now. UNLV is now getting three and a half. It got down to two and a half, uh, three, and now three and a half. They got their first win. Hawaii's in town. It's actually a big rivalry game. So what do we do with the Rebels? When it's been – because it was so much fun experiencing what a win is like is it no seriously is it really possible to have a letdown but it's almost like the, the pressure's off them maybe they they play free and easy and run with it but i think that might be just such an exhilarating thing that you know hawaii walking in here i, I i'd probably lean hawaii's way it, 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 it's more than the football game it's more what's between the years of these kids, hey, we did it. I like that. I like how that feels. Let's do it again. Or, 
were they celebrating all week? And Hawaii walks in and says, well, it wasn't, I'm glad you guys had a nice time last week. Sorry, it's not happening this week. But it was a grind, Brian. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. It uh, felt like the Congratulations, last Congratulations, Steve. Last, yeah. Last UNLV win uh, felt like it was uh, when uh, Moses was wearing short pants. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, back back when you I'm you stealing were stealing your lines. I'm stealing all your lines. We're gonna have a ham sandwich here. We're, we're gonna do it. Yeah, back when you were in high school, wearing uh, you know plaid pants with a striped shirt. Uh, it really wasn't that arduous, and it didn't seem that long. So I was kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to get the Moses wearing short pants out there. there uh, a few more. Uh, well, one more game in the Mountain West Conference. Um, interesting game because San Diego State is all defense, almost no offense. Uh, Reno's solid on defense, above average on offense, and right now San Diego State is two and a half. Boy, I watched that game. Ended up getting a push on the game last week. They were laying seven at Hawaii. Um, we had Fresno State the week before, so I, I kind of watched the last two closely, San Diego State games. Yeesh, that offense is nothing to write home about. I, I think it's the I think it's the kids up north. If you, if, if, we, if I had to, I'd be taking Nevada. Yep. Uh, last one, and I jumped on this uh, as soon as I saw it go to 52. I love New Mexico State this week against Bama. <laughs> That's such a sin that they, <laughs> that they let this. Uh, well, November, Saban, come on. We do it every year. It's so sad. I mean, the, the, really, there should not be a line on the game. It should just be a yes-no prop. Will New Mexico State score? Okay. And I say they get seven. It's going to be, you know, Whatever it is, 56-7, 63-7, whatever. But, it, you know, at, at some point, because they've got the bigger fish to fry when they do the Citadel or VMI or whoever they roll in at Jackson State or whatever they've done in the past, it's, it's, it's an atrocity for college football. It just it shouldn't happen. I think by the second half, I mean, it's all backups going in there. The problem is Alabama's backups, you know, it could probably win two other conferences in the country. Brian, we appreciate it. What do you, uh, what do you have going on the rest of the week? Be over at the uh, Superbook on Friday. Uh, Jake Cornegay and the gang get ready Football Central on Sunday. I know you boys are over there, so we always have good fun with that. But uh, going to be watching a lot of college basketball, see what uh, some of these teams are all about. I'm all, I'm all jacked. I don't know if you guys are doing your little college contest, Adam. Get yourself a chunk of St. Bonaventure, buddy. That team's the real McCoy. Uh, what happened? Them. Did you try to get them? Did you get them? No, we uh, no contest. No contest. <laughs> I have all the research done and no contest. Um, how good do you have? Uh, how good do you have the Bonnies? They have four guys. This is unheard of. Four guys in the top 100 in scoring on the same team, and they got one of the best shot blockers in the country in the paint. They're the real McCoy. They were awesome last year, and they have everybody back. When we just talked about how everyone in the country is just losing all these players, there was. A lot of continuity there with a team that was already really, really good. Yeah, no, I watched your game last night. No, they're 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 good. Guy can coach too. I can't believe he's still there. <laughs> well, it's a lovely, <laughs> it's a lovely part of the country, <laughs> Brian. Why would anybody want to leave? I love them. The, the St. Bonnie <laughs> stuff. I'd be sitting here. I'm like, we're gonna keep doing this. We're gonna keep going on and on. All right, Brian, oh, we man. appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> make some I mean, make some money. Make some money on them. You'll be a Bonnie's fan before you know right. it. It is. It is a major story. Like Adam said, they got the whole team back, and it's one. You know, one of those small schools. It's actually kind of a big school killer. So we appreciate it, Brian. Have a good day, guys. There he is, Brian Blessing, Sports Grid Radio, Series XM two hundred four. He's on K Shop as well, and a longtime hockey expert, going all the way back to his days, working with the uh, Sabers on TV and radio. Four o'clock hours on the way. Speaking of radio, the radio analyst for UNLV football, Caleb Herring, will give us his take on uh, some of the big stories in the National Football League, and we'll. 
uh, dive into that Hawaii game in town against your Rebels.